welcome to How to Win the Lottery, Season 3, Internet Season. I'm Joey Lewandowski. That's Tulsa. Ha, <laughs> Tulsa. You remember? Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Shreds. Rest in peace, Shreds. Shreds died a bloody, sad, sad death. Tulsa is here, though. Tulsa, better name. How's it going, Tulsa? Uh, you know, just living that cowboy life. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about living the cowboy life? If you have to, if you narrow it down to one, I know you love all elements of it. Yeah. But if you have to narrow it down to one thing that's like, this is what cowboy mm-hmm. life means to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing? Got to be the cows. <laughs> Did not expect that. Loved it. Yeah. Tulsa here from the range. We are recording on mm-hmm. Taylor Sheridan's ranch in Montana. Um, They're filming Yellowstone season six outside. And Tulsa just stepped off the set to pop in to talk about Aesthetica by Ali Robottom. That's right. So this is a book that just came out, like, I think like a month ago or something. This is also maybe forever from here on to the history of the show, the quickest turnaround between recording and release. This is coming out <laughs> in like five tomorrow. days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. This is also in very exciting calendar news releasing on my birthday. Uh, happy birthday. I had no idea that your birthday was even coming up. Yeah, Thursday. <laughs> you know, I'm a busy guy. I don't know. I don't know people's birthdays. Yeah, I said I said in a thread, happy birthday to our one friend, and you, like 15 hours later, like, uh-huh, yeah. oh, hey, happy birthday. That's how I jump on it, because I'm not on any social media. Like, I feel like uh, mm-hmm. like like Facebook really made everyone feel like they were responsible for knowing everybody's birthdays, and then everyone got to pretend like they knew everybody's birthdays, because sure. they were being constantly reminded. But I haven't been on Facebook for um, over a year, maybe, maybe even two years, except for to check in on a writer who occasionally sends me disturbing messages. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We might cover one of her books one day. Um, yeah, in which case I would ask you to scrub this from the feed. Well, um, well, there's no way that they could find out who you are, Tulsa. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, so so I don't know anybody's birthdays anymore. So I, oftentimes, like, I have to piggyback off of other people saying happy birthday. I have a literal Google ca- Google calendar. Yeah, right, because you're like a like a, a good person. An old-time friend. You're, you're like a person that, that cares about other, you know, in, in a way that – is more than like when I say happy birthday to someone, mm-hmm. I'm not saying happy birthday to them. I'm 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 saying I'm saying uh, acknowledge that like I am acknowledging, like I want to get credit for being the guy that I, I want to get credit for saying happy birthday. I don't care if they have a happy birthday or not. I think that's what everybody thinks. Yeah. Right. Well, I want credit for admitting it though. See, I, it's always a credit game with me. <laughs> I'm always just trying to get credit for stuff. Well, Tulsa, you're off to a rock and start here. Aesthetica, Ali Robottom. What is this book about? Well, I'll say first that I the, the book caught me by surprise because it, it's not a short book. No. But it feels like a short book. Like when there was like 10 pages left, I was like, holy shit, it feels like there's an entire novel left in this book. There's like an entire novel worth of stories left to tell. Well, I think that there is a there's a pivot point where spoiler, I mean, we always spoil the books, but like at the end when her mom dies, I'm like, I wonder because it feels like she's at the beginning of her journey. And then like mm-hmm. she races through 15 years or whatever yeah. that catches us up to the other timeline. And I'm like, that's a whole book there, too, if she yeah, wanted yeah, to go yeah. there. Yeah, I was I was wondering if. I mean, it's a 250-ish page book, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it felt like – I think because the pacing is also pretty, like, uh, relentless. Like, it feels – I don't not, – not relentless because it doesn't it's, – it's not like there's a chase scene or something like that and your, like, heart is beating while you go. But it's, like, so – you know, it just, like, spills through your brain so easily um, in, in – in I mean that in a positive way mm-hmm. – um, that, like, by the time you get to page 250, you're just, like – I don't know. I felt like it did take me. It took me, you know, the two weeks or whatever to read the book. But it felt like I could have read it in the afternoon if I had the time and if I didn't have a bunch of work to do and stuff like sure. that. Uh, I'm not going to let you get out of the question. What's it about? <clears throat> it's about Instagram, an Instagram model who um, is someone who alters her appearance via via surgery quite a bit over over an extended period of time and then engages in a new procedure called aesthetica that can return her to the way she would have looked without that. If she had aged naturally. If she had aged naturally. But it also, um, you know, if, if that's the A plot, then the, the double A plot 
is, because I don't think one plot is more important or less important than the other, is that she's also dealing with a mother who is uh, an addict and also a mother who is um, sort of helicopter parenting her Instagram model career and uh, because she's concerned. And then at the same time is like kind of a uh, what's the word for someone who thinks that they're sick a lot, but but isn't. Oh, um, hypochondriac. Yes. Is a hypochondriac, but her hypochondria turns out to, as I think it does in often cases, ultimately result in uh, her being right about her being sick. Yeah. And she has uh, cancer. They open her up, find a bunch of tumors, uh, and that ends poorly. So yeah. it's it's this, this juxtaposition between um, a young person who is altering their body to match current aesthetic standards and another person whose body is betraying her yeah and it's told in two timelines when she's like 18 and like 33 ish like i think about 15 years apart as she's sort of breaking into the industry and sort of finally getting out of the industry yeah and and it's in like an alternative future kind of because we're like when when it's like 15 years in the future it is like 2035 or something like that i think so there's a interview that came out in the last two weeks on the millions. I think I sent you a link. I don't know if you read it, but it's with Allie and who are we're talking to. She's going to, we're going to have an episode with her next week. Um, yeah, I don't, here's, here's why I won't read interviews like that because like, especially if we're going to talk to someone, I get it. I don't know. I don't want to like parrot other people's questions. Well, no, or, I'm not going to parrot other questions. I just, I, I also, I, I kind of wanted to read it so I could actively avoid those questions. That makes sense too. But the one thing that she said about the sort of the dystopian future, whatever, is that they talk about how like she frames Instagram as like it's basically for the olds now and there's the next thing. And she did not specifically define that because she didn't want to like it's it's difficult, she was saying, to like predict a future in any kind of like tech space or anything like that. So, yeah, but there already is a next thing, right? There's there's I mean, Instagram is in some ways. For the olds now, I think. Um, like, I think kids are more on TikTok. Sure. And that other one, uh, Truth Social. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, I forget what it's called. It's, uh, Be Real? Be Real? Is that Be what Real is? is different, though. Be Real is you just take a picture of yourself once a day. Like, there's no, like... Oh, okay. I, yeah, I don't know anything about it, because I'm Like, old. there's a push notification. It's like, now is the time to take a picture. You can take a picture. You're supposed to. And, like, you get more points or credit or whatever that, like... You can wait to take the picture, but people are like, oh, you waited two hours to take this picture. It's like, well, I want to be in a better location or whatever. Yeah. But it's like you're supposed to be like doing whatever you're doing now yeah. you share. So it's a different kind of thing. But I don't even know it's still around. Like that was big for a while now. I don't need. Oh, I don't, really? I don't hear people talk about it anymore. OK, I see. I don't. Yeah, it's like I've I've um, you know, I ha we've talked about this a little bit over the course of of uh, this module. Um, but like I feel like my time on the Internet is over. Like I did. I did my my like. 10 years in service mm -hmm. on like, uh, you know, live journal and then the little salute emoji live journal, uh, makeout club friendster. Uh, what's makeout club. Oh, makeout club is like a concurrent to friendster pre pre MySpace, pre Facebook, pre, pre MySpace, pre Facebook, that so, all predated me social media stuff. Uh, and then, uh, MySpace, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and then Instagram is truly like the last stop for me before I'm not doing anything. Else. I feel like there's two ways to do the internet. It's either like you always keep up with it or you like just sort of stop. And I feel like I, I'm the type of person and I don't think it's good or bad. I just think I'm the type of person who's never going to like not try to keep up with things. Like I don't have a be real. I haven't really moved to like Mastodon or Hive or anything like that. Like there's these, cause this is also to frame this episode within the season because we you know we love calendar talk yeah this is the last episode we're recording but there's like four or five more books that we're going to cover that we've already recorded yeah. and merry whatever. christmas by the way everybody yeah merry christmas happy new year this goes into like february or okay. something never mind but well this comes out on my birthday so happy birthday oh lame anyway um i just think that there's like you can either choose to stop being curious or just be like i don't i don't need i don't need this anymore or just you keep i don't know i just yeah, I've I've found myself moving further and further away from it because I find it uh, overwhelming. But also, I find like the amount of opinions to be uh, intimidating. Well, I think what's interesting is that in the in, in any seven month stretch of time, the internet will change wildly. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the seven months of this season will cover from July to February 
more things have happened on the internet. Well, because Elon buying because Twitter Elon buying and, Twitter and, and Facebook losing eight hundred million dollars in value. Like, there's all sorts of yeah. things. Like, this is a very and the whole crypto thing basically like not ended, but like sort of died. Like, there's collapsed. Yeah. The internet has undergone a seismic shift in the course of this season. And I also feel like, on a personal level, your internet presence has gone from being like light but normal to almost non-existent right. this season. Yeah, yeah. As we talk about, this. so your books chased you away. Not really. <laughs> well, uh, no, yeah, not really. Uh, just um, real world stuff did, which is like, let's get, like real world is, is I think, again, a recurring theme this season, the, the idea that one world is real versus one world that's online being being the fake world. But I think this book is a really great example of showing us that those two things merge inevitably because this idea for non-real virtual satisfaction um, that results in in uh, actual bodily chemical like serotonin uh, mm-hmm. delivery, mm-hmm. right? Like like this like app that is a, is a dopamine delivery system or, or whatever um, through uh, hearts and likes and stuff like that. Um, also, like um, results in people uh, cutting up their bodies and and you know changing themselves in significant ways. And I'm like something that I wonder frequently is that like. If and and something that this book made me think a lot about was if surgery might be almost obsolete because of the increasing relevance on things like filters and stuff like that. Maybe like there might be a way, but but like also like our connection to the the non virtual world is so significant that we might want our bodies to look like they do in the virtual world so much that it might never it, like surgery might never be obsolete because we might always try to be replicated. But there's also stuff. like in that like if it's a real photo like you know in this in this novel she's the Instagram model and so when she posts her own picture she's able to filter and yeah facetune and do whatever she needs to do to like make herself look the way she wants. But like when Blaze, when the Blaze account posts, she doesn't have any say over how she looks. So she needs right. to actually look the part. She can't just like Photoshop her way into the part. Yeah. And w- yeah. And when she meets people, like she has to be like, for lack of a better term, fuckable for, mm-hmm. for you know, guys that control that industry through, yep. through like, you know, the various power systems. And I think in the dopamine sense of it, I, I don't think, I think the closest book that we've had this season to the drive for this kind of engagement maybe is a touch of Jen. I feel like that's sort of like, there's a lot of different ways, a lot of different books, a lot of different characters in this season have used the internet to feel better about themselves in one way or another. But I feel like the touch of Jen, which was our first book this season, I feel Mm -hmm. there's the, there's the push to whatever the aspirational that I think is most, they're totally different books, but I feel like it's a similar kind of dopamine hit. Yeah. I I thought a lot about, Amygdalatropolis when I was reading sure. this because I think you know because I was I was in that space of debating uh, the the world that we create for ourselves versus what we have to deal with in the real world. Like she, something that's interesting is that she I don't think she ever actually does post it, um, but like there are multiple times when she's in a in a room with her mom or something and she considers or starts to take a photo of her sick mother hashtag and, survivor and, yeah and is ready to like use that as a method of of pr- promoting herself and like that's something that you know like i think of things like that too like i like i i don't know it's hard to explain the motivation behind it but like if i'm in an emergency room or something like I do feel the need to like take a photo of it <laughs> and, and, and like sometimes like like post it or well, something. I think it's similar to the birthday thing. Like I think it's just like I'm going through a thing and I mm-hmm. want other people to know that like not that you want attention, but there's there's it's something similar to like you wanting credit for the birthday. It's like I'm going through a thing. Yeah. Look at how brave I am. Yeah. I think also there is something um, and I don't know that. I'm not sure if this is what's going on in the book. I don't think it I don't think it is because the book is really touching on, on that in an emotional place. But like there is something aesthetic about hospitals that I, that it's like I don't know. I feel like when I'm there I want to capture that too. Th- this idea of machinery and and things like that. And even if like in the little note below the Instagram thing you note like everything's okay. Don't worry about it. It's like there is still that moment where you post the thing and it's like it's like here's a picture of a thing and you know that like when people see that their immediate reaction is going to be like oh like is everything right. okay yeah and it's like i don't know if that's something to chase after but it's something that like 
I don't know. It's like uh, kind of inevitable it, with with the way that we've like structured re- reward cycles in in the world that we've built. Um, this idea that like we want to be acknowledged for our suffering, we want to be acknowledged for our uh, beauty, we want to be acknowledged the for the human our, experience. Yeah, our our pain when we break up, when mm-hmm. like a dog passes away. It's like you you memorialize them through like a slideshow, which is like. That stuff's not bad. Like it, it feels like you can you can genuinely get. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to say pleasure, but may, maybe some degree of pleasure. But com- comfort, more comfort. Yeah, yeah, comfort is a better word for it. Like from engaging in in this stuff. But like it's interesting in the book because she does like she's like ready to post that stuff, but then it doesn't feel like she she does or something. Well, stops I, th- her from I think doing it all so. depends on how you want to use these platforms. And I think that there's a really interesting thing in here that she talks about, like the Instagram stories and about how Jake, her manager, is explaining to her like Instagram stories are more real. Mm-hmm. Like the posts are like everybody, like everybody looks their best self in their posts. Like it's all very specific. And like you post one a day or maybe one every couple of days or whatever. But if you do like six or seven stories a day, that's when people feel like they really get to know you. And it's the more ephemeral thing, but it's all about how you use it, how you want to frame yourself. Because Instagram is the platform that you're supposed to, not supposed to, but like people use to make their life look better than it is. Right. Yeah. And also there's something about the, who she's supposed to be on Instagram that like then posting a picture of her mom puking up Diet Coke is like, again, for lack of a better term, like that's not fuckable, right? right. <laughs> like that's like, that's not, it's not on brand. Yeah. It, it, it would like, it like curves you away from like, you don't want to sandwich that in between like a post of her in a bikini vaping, like mm-hmm. at an, in an infinity pool, right. Versus like, you know, you have that and then you have a, a mom who's can't keep her head up because she's got tumors in her stomach. Right. And then the next picture is like her dancing to uh, chain smokers or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Hell yeah, chain smokers. They keep coming up this season. Do they? I mean, I know that I was talking about them the other day because I've never heard one of their songs and I think their name is funny. I think we talked about them. They're like a punching bag. People make fun of them a lot, right? Well, I think we talked about it in some interview because they did that like in like June 2020. They did that like Hamptons party during COVID where they like DJed like the the governor of New York was just like, what is, this is not okay. And it was like, yeah, well, they're promoting chain smoking, frankly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These people don't care about health at all. Yeah. Oh, before we before I forget, I do want to shout out, give credit where credit is due. This is not a book that you picked or really that I picked. Mm-hmm. This is a book that uh, past guest and past subject feels like the wrong word, but past author this season, Darcy Wilder, uh, has really, really sort of championed on Twitter. And she read at the reading. She also read at the reading that Ali held for the launch of this book. And which you attended. That, which I attended. I was I was unable to attend because I was uh, ill, I think. Was mm-hmm. I sick? Well, you had school. It was a it was a tough turnaround and. Okay. I don't remember. You're always sick, though. I'm always sick. Yeah. <laughs> That's your brand. Send me love. I'm always sick. Heart tap back. Heart tap back. I need the comfort. And we'll talk about the reading, I think, a little bit more with Allie in the interview. But Darcy, I know, really loved this book. And so it was cool to, you know, meet Darcy there and talk about this. And, you know, I, if you're listening, Darcy, thank you for recommending this and sort of championing this because I, I think we both enjoyed it. I do. Yeah, tell me what you think about it. I feel like I talked a lot about, about various things and tell me what you think. I like the book a lot. I'm also reading. I wish I had had more, I had more time to read. I just didn't read, but I was, I'm also reading Jello Girls, Allie's first book. And I like that even more than this. And that's a, it's a memoir, but it's also kind of written like fiction. Yeah. And I think it's really, I, I think she's a really good writer. I find mm-hmm. her writing. I, I, you know, I took literal pictures of my book and then, cause I have a hardcover. You you get the Kindle. We got we flip flop this time. Yeah. Um. And then I use the iPhone like text copier to. But like, there's like a handful of things in here that I love the way that she writes. I think she's a really really good writer. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are just ways that she describes things that feel beautiful and sad and honest, and also sometimes funny. Like one of my favorite lines of the book is, "I sat on Jake's toilet watching Instagram. The stories feature was less than a year old, but already it had changed the way I shit." <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Which is just a funny thing. It's just like, yeah, like this is a very basic, literal basic um, way to look at this thing. And yeah, another I, another instance of shit coming up this season. I also, yeah, I mean, I think Instagram and the internet in general has changed the way that everybody shits. Like, every, like people spend a lot more time on the toilet because of their phones. You go to the bathroom, like, if you don't bring your phone, you're like, what are you doing? You and just sit there with your thoughts? Yeah, but it's also like, I feel like some people sit on the toilet for a long time after they're done shitting on their phones watching Instagram because it's like 
you know, the bathroom has always been a place for solace. You go there to be alone yeah. and to do whatever. And I think a lot of times when we're out in public, <laughs> like, and we're talking with people, this is not something that I deal with, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of these people. I'm making assumptions about other people. Uh-huh. I think like we're out in public and we're talking to people. And like, I think some people, when they're doing that, they're just like, I just fucking wish I was alone with my phone right now. Yeah. And so they go to the bathroom and they're like in the bathroom scrolling through Twitter. Like I've been, I've been in places Mm -hmm. with people and it's been like that person's in the bathroom for a long time. Well, I think that there's, there's something where it's like, I don't have that because like I don't spend a ton of time on my phone. I'm actually, I think probably spend less time on my phone than most people, but I'm also on my laptop all the time. So like there, Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. better or worse. Mm -hmm. It's just different. But like sometimes when I'm out, I'm just like, oh, I wish I was just home like watching a movie. It's like, wait, no, like this is this is what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be out with friends and actually living life as opposed to but like there's some there's a comfort in the thing that you do the most. And if that thing is just sitting at home scrolling through Instagram to like, you know, the world that you have curated. Yeah. As opposed to like, I don't want to hear about your job, man. Right. We've disincentivized uh, a public. I don't know. Because you there is a difference. Like you and I talk in a thread or you and I talk or we watch something together remotely or we're in person. Like they're all like similar experiences, but they're all different. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about like last night when we saw white noise, we've, we, that we've experienced that in three different yeah, ways. Yeah, sure. And it's the same story, but it's three radically different interpretations. There's the book by Delillo. There was that wild one man stage show that we saw. Mm-hmm. And then there's the movie by yeah. Noah Baumbach. And they're all telling the white noise story in the airborne toxic event, but they're presenting it in different ways. And I think it's the same kind of thing with like human interaction do you want to consume the world via filters and Instagram and stories and whatever, or do you want to be out there? There's no, there's no right answer. It's just different. Yeah. I kind of want to go back to that idea of like, I, I also want to ask Allie about like, if she had an idea to do this longer, cause I feel like there's such horror that this character undergoes in like when she finally quote unquote makes it. And right. then she's sexually assaulted multiple times. Yeah, it's interesting that because uh, I think that there 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 is there was like a real potential for this book to go into. Um, I mean, it already goes to a dark place, but it could have gone into a really graphic place. Yeah, and like I think that the avoidance of that is smart writing, but also. There's nothing scarier than the blank spaces, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like she wakes up two days later and you're just like, okay, well that like that blank space is now I'm filling that space with all of the, the world's. And most. the character doesn't know, we don't know. And she wants, there's nothing she wants more than to just to know what happened, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but she doesn't. And we don't. Yeah. Though we do. I mean, we can make assumptions right? and, and, and those assumptions are, are, you know, fairly, uh, terrible. Yeah. Fairly heinous. Hmm. Because I feel like there's a certain, I think this is not a world that I'm familiar with at all. Like I'm a nobody online and I don't, I haven't gone to like influencer parties or whatever. I did a bunch of research. Did you? Kind of. Yeah. When, I mean, I was like, I, 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 this is going to sound like I'm being uh, like a, a horny dude, but like, I was like, let me check, let me look into this world of, of like. Hashtag BBL. I don't know what that is. So Brazilian, Brazilian butt lift. No. Um, that's in this world, but I was looking at, I, I was just looking at a bunch of, uh, like Instagram models who like, I guess, I guess probably most of them make their money on OnlyFans now, which they, which she, uh, t- she touches on very, very, very briefly at yeah. the end here. But I feel like that also could have been another path that she sort of dealt dives down a little bit more that she rightly or wrongly just kind of acknowledges and moves on from. Yeah. But it was fascinating. It was fascinating to me because it was like, uh, so much of the content was identical to each other. Yeah. Like it was all like, um, uh, like there was so many things where it was like, uh, it would be like a girl in a baggy shirt and, and that one Jay Z song would start playing and it would say like, um, can I get a lingerie picture of you for my lock screen? And then like when Jay Z says, yes, like she would nod and then it would like flicker. Mm-hmm. So like you would have to like try to, I don't know. Pause it. Yeah. Touch the screen. And then there was another one where it's like the sounds of like guns cocking over and over again. And they're like tugging on their shirt. Mm-hmm. And then the last time when it goes, they like tug the shirt away and they're wearing a bikini or something. And it, but it was like, it was like identical content for like, pro- I, I probably looked at like 10 different well, this people. Is, this is the TikTokification of it mm-hmm. where it's like you, it's a sound yeah. and there's a dance to it. And there's so much lip syncing. That's like always like slightly off. Like none of them are very good at lip syncing. Well, cause they don't have to be because they're hot, right? Like there's, there's a difference between 
people who are actually good at like the dance, like yeah, the yeah. dance creators, dance credit, mm-hmm. DC on TikTok. Um, and then the people are just like, I'm, if you want to see me naked, go to my OnlyFans, pay me eight ninety nine a month or whatever. Or if you just want to like be teased by it, like I'm just going to like, you know, be in a bikini for half a second and hope you time it right. Or just watch it again. Like I have gotten into the point where my Instagram reels, my suggested reels are all that. And I don't want it to be that, but like, I'm not going to not click on it. You know what I mean? But like, because I click on it, Instagram's like, oh, he wants more of it. I'm like, no, I just like, I want to get rid of it. But like, it's all there. It's okay. this weird. I'm not buying this. <laughs> I, I've even tried. It's fine. You don't have to. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, like another, uh, yeah. another couple things that I found that was a recurring theme was like these girls would be um, like they would, in, it's always white text on the screen and it would like praise or act as though they were horny for like older men, dad bods, or like mm-hmm. uh, guys that are like. It would be like, give me a confident guy. No. Give me a this kind of guy. No. Give me the guy who gets no bitches. Yes. And and it's just like, oh, you're like directly appealing to yeah, yeah. You're directly appealing to this person. In a way. And it was like, but like what, what was fascinating to me was like, again, that it was all like just repeated content over and over again, but also that it was all radically. I mean, I can't, I'm not one of those guys that can tell if there's uh, been plastic surgery. I can't, I have no idea. I, I look at someone and I just assume that that's their, that's their sure. face. And I don't, I don't know, but like I can, you know, you can tell when something's been Instagram filtered and everyone was so heavily filtered with like, you know, their eyes are probably not the same eye color mm-hmm. in real life and their skin is not that same tone. It's like kind of reddish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Yeah. And so like, I don't know. It was a very – it was a fascinating world to look into, especially because I was juxtaposing this idea of the Instagram filters with the 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 idea of surgery. And sure. I, was, I was thinking like, do, are, these, are these girls filtered up or are they is, – is this surgery or is it both or is it – Well, I, I think what's interesting about this world is the, the stark difference. And I don't think like to an outsider, as in someone who like doesn't actually do it, I don't know that you can really tell why this happens. But like there's a – when you see someone who does a thing and they're successful at it in terms of likes, in terms of engagement, in terms of what audience, whatever. Yeah. And then you see another one just like, this girl seems just as hot. She's doing the same exact thing. And she's got like 12 likes. And it's like, well, what, what's the difference? And like, there's no real magic. It's just like, it's, it's what Anna in the book goes through. It's just like the accumulative, like once that train starts going, right. It just exponential growth. And so I think, I think you can be better at whether you're just trying to build like a legitimate and you know, any kind of following on Instagram or if you're a sex worker and trying to build, you know, trying to earn more money, like there's a probably a right way to do it, a wrong way to do it just in terms of like, because the same thing, like no matter what account you're on, if you're good at cultivating an audience that people like, like watching and like engaging with your stuff, you're going to do better at whatever you're doing. Is there a lot of money? I mean, like I assume that there's a lot of money in it for the elite, for the top. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. But like, is there, is it something that, I don't know. Like if you have a hundred thousand followers, are you someone who's making a living off of this? Well, I think that they're so like, I don't know if you can make a living. I think you can make a very healthy, it depends on the the decisions that you make. Like she, at the end of the book, and I think you kind of get into this a little bit. And I'm sure Allie knows a lot more about this that she included in here, but she's talking about how like you can get like, she, she was sort of slumming it. Anna was in this book, like one promoted post a month for 500 bucks. But like, I know it's a different thing. Cause it's like, she's like number one, but like Kim Kardashian gets a quarter of a million dollars for every sponsored post. Yeah. Speaking of Kim Kardashian, there was something in this book that really, I thought was really, really great. Which oh, is I, the, have the, I have the quote. The Yeah. The note specifically that like, like we loved her because she kept doing impossible things and she had impossible ways. She had no ribs. She had. At the time I created at Anna Ray, the most popular soul belonged to a beautiful girl with a dead father and the domineering mom, a girl with a heart shaped face, a sex tape, reality show, celebrity wedding and slim ribless waist, giant ass. When she declared she wanted to be a lawyer to fight for the rights of the wrongly accused, people said it was impossible. But impossible is what we loved her for, followed and paid her for. It was only when she wanted to be smart, useful, that we wondered if she could. Yeah. Right. Which is the, which is the plight of of um, beautiful people, right? <laughs> is mm-hmm. that like – is it like they can't – like they they have a lot of privileges in this world and they can they can do – they have access to a lot of doors that, that uh, people who aren't beautiful don't have access to. Um, but at the same time – uh, people 100% make assumptions about them sure. when, when they look at them, especially women. Like people assume that like women who are beautiful are dumb, which is like, you know. And we've talked about, I think we talked about Kim this season again, probably in something, but like she passed the baby bar, which is harder than the actual bar. Like she's 
proved herself to be mm-hmm. like successful. I don't I don't know if, I don't know if she's actually practicing law, but like she proved herself to be smart enough to actually pass the test to become a lawyer to start. I don't know what the process of that is. Yeah. Yeah. She's smarter than I am. Probably. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Yeah. That out that passage also reminded me of, I think it was in Owen Meany about Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. It just it, it sort of flashed me back to like when Owen's getting mad because the uh the the mom of the bully in the school yeah. is yeah talking smack. Because I think it's the same thing. It's like this is for better or worse what society has deemed to be the goal and the unfair one way or the other way that people view that person good or bad positively negatively whatever just reminded me of that and i think because i was that i think that was one of our standout like it was not the thing that just said oh no like at the end of own meaning when there's the shot but like that was a thing that like when i said it, you're like yeah that's the passage like that's mm-hmm. i just reminded i think it's really again good writing and similar sort of situation yeah uh, two more things about the book that I have in in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is there. Obviously, there's like a fairy tale motif, um, which has to do with not only mirrors and and the way that we look in the mirrors and and see ourselves back in the mirror. And she has that that scam technology thing that flips your your thing in the mirror so that you can true be seen mirror as people, which is probably a real thing. Um, well, do you know like on Zoom, like you know, like when you're when you're looking on a Zoom, you're mirrored. So like you don't see you you don't see yourself as people see you. You see yourself as you would in a mirror. Because like the human brain is like if you if you go right and your face goes left, you're like the yeah, brain yeah, breaks. Yeah. Yeah. But you can turn that off. Like Zoom can show you what other people see, and it is weird. Yeah, I don't want to see that. I don't. It, it's just it's like uncomfortable. It's just I'm, like I'm happy to remain ignorant. Cool. But then also like the fairy tale thing at the end, which it like feels felt weirdly visual to me because she's she's wearing her she still has her like surgery surgical stuff on and she's like got her hood up and she's wandering around an amusement park like sort of haunting it like a ghost mm-hmm. while there are children running around mm-hmm. and she's like goes in and buys a wand and things like that but like fairy tales are so often focused around this idea of people being one way in one second and then magically turning into something completely mm-hmm. new in the next second whether that be you know beauty and the beast or the frog and the princess and the, and the frog or whatever um, or other things like that. There's th- this idea that love can change you or, you know, just this idea that, that our true self is this more beautiful version of the thing that we were before. Uh, and, and like, that's magic and we can't achieve that in the actual world. So we turn to, to, you know, technology, which is, which is the real world's magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but that technology also comes with getting sliced up, getting addicted to things, getting addicted to how it feels, getting addicted to like, you know, people, people talk about, I mean, she talks about this a little bit in the book that surgery is addictive the same way that people talk about tattoos being addictive. Like you get one and then it's like, once you've popped that seal, it's like no big deal. You'll just keep getting surgeries. Yeah. Cause I also think it's like this, it's the same thing like knowledge is power, but like too much knowledge clouds things. Cause she, she's Anna in the book talks about like finding accounts that champion surgery and like oh you could you could do this it's no big deal like you just you know it's you're you're more you you're more of a woman when you get a boob job and then like if you read enough or you go to a different place it's just like equal volume and equally compelling stuff that just like you can't do this you shouldn't do this you should deplant yeah and it's like it, there's there's so much information that like whatever opinion you have whichever way you want to confirm your bias or whatever you can find that out there and like it's it's a lot yeah, it reminded me a little bit about uh, the, the book that B.R. Yeager recommended to us, uh, Gag Reflex by El Nash, which I read, which we didn't do for the module, but which is like a book that takes the form of live journal. But like l- like parts of that are, is like a woman in a pro-Anna group. And and when you're in a pro-Anna group, it's like you have these – What is that? Uh, pro-anorexia. Oh, okay. Like, like okay. groups that act as though anorexia is not necessarily a – disease or a bad thing, um, but just something like goals to, to achieve. Sure. Um, and it's it's fascinating to 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 look at it because you can get that information on the end. You can find those groups, and those groups sure. can like. And the book is really like that's a. I, I'd encourage people to read Gag Reflex because it's like that book. It has a lot of uh, nuanced and compassionate views towards things that like. I feel like when I the first time that I heard Pro Anna, which was probably in Jamie Bartlett's book Dark Web. Um, my immediate reaction was like, what the fuck? Like, this is awful. Mm-hmm. But then when I looked at it, it's like, oh, this is like these people are getting compassion in a way that they're not getting in their regular life. And they're talking to people that yeah. understand what they're going through uh, with like body dysmorphia and things like that. And and so like 
And that's the power and the danger of the internet. Exactly. Yeah. It's it, it's like this this thing that that could go either way at any minute, and and you know it can elevate your life to unspeakable highs, but it can also you know put you in the ground. So yeah, I don't know. The the other thing, which is this is the most compelling part of the book for me, is the um, so the mother the mother dies. Noreen. Yep. The, the 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 thing that's fascinating about about that to me is when you think of the children of 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 uh when you think of people's children they often are mirror images of their parents sure like especially as they as they get older and you if you look at like photos of them from the same age you're like oh my god it's just a different it's like it's it's like that person but in the 40s mm-hmm. or it's like that person in whatever so like the return to um, Anna's like quote unquote true self, the self that existed without surgeries and stuff like that is like this desperate attempt to get her mother back. Right. So that she can see her mother sure. again. She, she can. And it's, it's weird because she's essentially replacing her face with her mother's face because she didn't have that time to age in mm-hmm. between. So there's this huge gap where she now, by the end of the book, which we don't ever actually see if she, after she like what she looks like, what, what she looks like when she takes it all off. Like it's this attempt to return her mother almost in place of herself, right? Because her mother is like the, I don't know, true version, the the version that is like feels pure or something like that. Well, there's the interesting parallel of her friend, her childhood friend, Leah, yeah. as she is going along and she's, she was always the more natural, like the kind of, in, in a way, the look that people wanted, like the bustier or whatever, that Anna had to like literally pay to sculpt her body into. And then when she reconnects with Leah later, Leah has like, not anorexic, but like ex- over-exercising possibly like so, so thin. And yeah, then- she's a runner and she's looking she, – she's like ends up in recovery groups for uh, that kind of addiction. And then Anna uses her powers seemingly for good but ultimately maybe for evil by like saying, hey, follow my bestie. And then she becomes addicted to this Instagram following life and sort of begins shaping her body to like give the internet what she thinks it wants. And so as Anna is going back to – natural state her mother state or whatever her natural looking friend is becoming what anna yeah i found that free from i found their relationship to be like a really um i found it moving um this yeah this idea that two people like apart and then come back to i don't know because it feels real it feels Mm -hmm. like like i remember one of my childhood best friends was when i was living in austin and I hadn't seen him for like in person for like 15 or 20 years. He's like, hey, I'm in, I'm in town for like a work thing. Do you still live there? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you want to hang out? We we reconnected. We had like this great night. We just like we went out drinking. Like we didn't know. But like he also listened to comedy. Bang, bang. Like we have like very similar tastes. And like we had like all these like same references that we hadn't talked about. We're like, this is amazing. And then like he was still in town the next day. I'm like, oh, you want to get dinner again? And he's like, yeah. And then the second day was like so awkward. Like we had used all of the magic the night <laughs> yeah. before. Yeah. And then getting back together, just like, oh, yeah. no, you're still here. And uh-huh. it's just like. We're friends, but like I don't, I don't know how to follow that up. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of a bummer. And I thought I, you were gonna say so. The, the second day, he was gonna be like, "So, like, you're on board with this? Like, like I'm going to this like rally. We're gonna take down like the, these these abortionists or something like no, that." No, no, no. It wasn't. No, it wasn't that. It was just like it was just like whatever we had had the night before. And I think it's the same thing. Like, there's in this relationship between Anna and Leah. They were like moments where like, oh, like they're like they didn't miss a beat. And then it's just like, oh, no, they're wildly different people. Also. Yeah, they live completely different lives. So, yeah, it felt. Yeah, it's good. She's a good writer. Are, are you still in contact with that person? No, I mean, we're Facebook friends, but like, I don't talk to them. Right. Um, like we didn't have like a falling out. Just like, yeah, all right. Bye. You didn't go to dinner the third night together. No. Yeah, the first night though. It's fun. Yeah. Anything else that you want to say about Aesthetica or should we read some email? Because we have multiple emails today. I think I'm okay. Let's let's get to the emails. So we have an email address, lottery at cageclub.me. And again, the weird thing, not only are we having the quick turnaround time that this is actually coming out this week, but uh, someone, Dennis Hansbro, emailed in um, about our last episode, which this never happens. Like if we weren't recording this, this, ep- this email will be read in February. Right. But Dennis... Perfect timing. Although I don't know if he's going to listen to this because he only listened to it because such a client Patricia Lockwood. Yeah. I'm a Patricia fan. I found your podcast by looking for something new on her. If you have an interest, listen to her audio version, the winged thing, a short version of no one's talking about this. Also priest daddy, an audio book with her reading the text. They're fearless performances. 
I'm not a critic, but bravery should be celebrated. You you read uh, and loved Priest Daddy, right? Yeah, I actually listened to the audiobook of Priest Daddy. Uh, fantastic. Yeah, he's, he's right. And she's a clear performer. And also, you know, I've... You I've, said it in a good way or a bad way or just or both? No, good way. Okay. Yeah, she 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 can she brings it. She's a she's a great performer. Yeah, and I like her. I you know she has a poetry book called Motherland, Fatherland, Homeland, Sexual that's really good. Like I taught to my uh, creative writing class when I when I was teaching creative writing in college. I taught uh, a bunch of her tweets that were like framed as sexts. Um, yeah, I, I I agree with Dennis that uh, Patricia Lockwood is a creative force to be reckoned with. There's no other way to you know to put the that. book is great. It's fantastic. And I felt like, I think I said it maybe somewhere, I don't know, maybe on, on the Twitter post, but like, I felt bad because that was one of my favorite books this season. Like it took like four months between the time we recorded it, the time we released it just because of like things kept happening or whatever. Well, you also, um, I mean, notably, we al- I almost asked you to scrap that episode because I was, I, I brought some real negative energy because I was just in a shitty, pissy mood that day. Oh yeah. Where I was like, <laughs> are you okay? Which is, which is a shame because I mean, I love that book. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring my my pissy mood to to Patricia Lockwood, but you know, sorry, sorry, Patricia. If you're out there, Patricia, we'd love to talk to you. Lottery at cageclub.me. DMs are also open. We all, okay. So here's before we get to X email, we also got another email. So this one to spam. This is just like a cold, like a cold call, spam, whatever. Spice Tam. Uh huh. Um, but so someone from someone named Marie Incontrera uh-huh. from Incontrera Consulting LLC. Yeah, sure. Uh, just pitching you know this guy this author rob sand but what's fascinating about the timing as you'll hear at the end of this season so this is kind of a weird semi-spoiler whatever the entire scope of her email is about this guy rob sand as this journalist and state uh, state auditor and crime author in iowa and so this is a whole thing about like how he wrote like the iowa book basically and I'm like, oh, we're not doing Iowa, but like it's it's weird that we were because we've had a couple just like if you ever want to talk about, I'm like I don't know who you are, yeah. but like it was weird that she hyper specifically was just like this is a book about Iowa. Yeah, well, in a, in a time where listener, you will find out in a couple months that we're doing a, a thing state themed, and I'm like, you have no idea how like almost perfectly timed this was, but at the same time, you know whatever. Yeah, I think that the 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 Iowa book is is. Miss Macintosh, my darling, by Marguerite Young. So is that in the module? Get back on, get back on your horse. It's not Rob. the winning ticket uncovering America's biggest lottery scam. Oh, the largest well, that's lottery right, rigging that, scheme that, in American tongue, history. My tongue. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Metaphorically bit your tongue, or you literally bit your I tongue. I literally bit my tongue. You yanked so hard, you almost pulled that out of the microphone. Ah, fuck. Son of a gun. All right. All right. Go. I'll play through the pain. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a trooper. I think I'm a, I don't know if I'm going to leave this. In the <laughs> leave it out. in. Leave it in. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Thanks, Bill. Tulsa O'Reilly. We also have an email from Egg, of course. Meg's reaction to Aesthetica. I really enjoyed this novel, Egg says, but it gutted me. I felt like it read yeah. like a horror novel. The scariest part was how, for lack of a better term, quote, accessible it felt. Like I'm very secure in who I am as a person. And in addition, I don't. Feel the need to try and be, as Shreds says, Shreds is dead, baby. <laughs> Shreds dead, baby. Quote, very online or like an influence or anything like that. But it felt like this could have happened to me. It felt like had I made a few different decisions growing up, I could have ended up as a protagonist. Interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't feel that way at all. I, I feel like I'm I'm like. Well, it's different for guys. For sure. Yeah. Um, Which is. Yeah, that's what that's part and of for what, cowboys. That's part of what interests me. Uh, is that I, I've like, I don't know. Yeah. I have no interest in being looked at by anybody, <laughs> but like, I understand this idea. I I'm interested in, in, in like the, the, but for one, a t- one turn down a different road and my life would have been different. Like that, that's always a fascinating. You're I, not I, about this, but about any number of things, right? Yeah. 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 That's, that, that's like a fascinating thing to me. Um, so yeah, I'm interested in this, in this, uh, world where egg is, uh, is a fashion influencer? Yeah. A fitness influencer? Yeah, getting her face chopped up for various reasons. Egg says, the novel was interesting in that Anna seems to start out as superficial in both the past and the present, but by the end, when both parts meet in the middle, she's fully fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Shreds, again. Jeez. Keep up. 
will be the first to tell you that I cry at everything. I also do like she calls you shreds. Yeah, well, she's yeah, she does cry. Yeah, I can. I, I let, let me let me tell you this. I can make Meg cry right now. Probably, I could probably make Meg cry by the end of this. By the end of this sentence, I'm not going to try. But yeah, she's she's it's easy to make her cry. She might be crying now by just realizing her vulnerability. <laughs> That's right. I cry less at books than I do at anything else. The thing that got me in this book was when Noreen died. It just felt like the final nail in the coffin after everything else happened to poor Anna. Yeah, look, I I, I debated. I, I mean, I had talked I talked with Meg about this via text message. And I debated talking about it on the show because I don't I don't want to always be the dead mom guy. But like, I felt like when I was reading this book, I was like, "Fucking enough, enough of this shit." Like, this is not remotely. Not remotely Ali Robotham's fault. She's a great writer. She's a great, and also Jello Girls is about her mom dying. She, yeah, no, I, 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 one hundred percent like, and 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 I can feel the same way that I felt it with Katie Rundy's book, where I was like, this is legitimate and real, and this person felt this way. It's like I, in my head, like I don't need to revisit the idea of a mother in a hospital drinking Diet Pepsi and throwing up because she can't hold down liquids. I don't need to revisit the idea of a mother going home and. Uh, like saying, ouch, because when she's hitting potholes, it's hurting the stitches in her stomach. I don't need to revisit the idea of like uh, mothers with fevers from infections that they get at hospital. Like this is literally every worst moment of my entire life, mm-hmm. like putting on gloves so that I can apply a fentanyl patch. Like I was reading this book and I was like, this book is fucking hurting my feelings and I am done with this shit. Yeah. I like don't want to revisit this ever again for the rest of my entire life. And like – I mean, it's God good, bless, God bless Ali Robot. It's good writing. Like she is a, uh, a, uh, in some ways I feel closer to her for that. Um, but at the same time, it's just like fucking bit my tongue again. God damn. In some ways, in some ways I feel closer to Ali Robot for it. But at the same time, it's also just like, yeah. And I can't screen, I, 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 I can't screen these novels beforehand. Like if it's a novel that I haven't read, I didn't know that that was going to be in here and I don't need, I don't need or want trigger warnings, but at the same time, it's like. I, I'm done with I'm done with revisiting that specific content. I get it. Yeah, because it's like, oh, this book is about a fashion influencer, mm-hmm. and then it's like with a dead mom or yeah. dying mom. It's like, but, oh, but not only that, but like very explicit and direct connections sure. to mm-hmm. events that I think are probably not universal, but like th- there's like a a crew of of people who have had you know a, a big crew because a lot of people die from cancer, but like this very specific cancer based like hospital experience with like parents that like are being taken care of by their kids that like, you know, gets revisited over and over again. And it's worth writing about. It's emotional. It's all the things that make for, for, uh, fiction that will totally fuck you up. And, and again, I just don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) I hate to say it. It's probably gonna happen again. I know. I know. I know. Again and again and again. Yeah. I know. It is what it is. All in all, the egg says, a very powerful novel is more than the, quote, cautionary tale it appears at first glance. Yeah, I was. I mean, I'm glad for that, too, because it doesn't it does it does appear like it is going to be a cautionary tale. And I don't think it necessarily is. The book does not make judgments about surgery. If anything, the thing that it's making judgments about is manipulative dudes. Right, because we didn't talk about Jake at all. Well, Jake's a villain. I mean, that's yeah. a guy that I I can picture him very clearly in my head. Mm-hmm. He's a a million guys that I've that I've uh, I n- never guys that I've really known, but guys that I've seen in, the, no, but in, you in, know. in the, the periphery. Like when I worked at the bar in Los Angeles, like guys like that would come into the bar. Um, when I, you know, th- there's like I've seen these guys my whole life. And they've he's, had, he's they, framed. He's framed in the novel as like an older. Like she's like eighteen or she's like eighteen. Mm-hmm. He's like thirty ish. She's got a million Instagram followers. He's like he's living the hashtag goals life, and he's just like this good looking dude who's always at the the cool place with the beautiful women and just sort of like aspirational that girls want to be with him or like helped by him and dudes want to be him. And he also like the, like I think the particularly th- the thing that particularly strikes me as him being like evil or whatever is that he is over and over again. He's like one of the first things that he thinks of is like, how's your mom? How's your mom? Is your mom sick? But then he'll move on. Mm-hmm. Like he won't even wait for her to respond. He won't. He, he does said, it out of like, out of like societal requirement. Yeah. Yeah. How's your mom? Oh, by the way, right. you, need to fly, you need to fly to Arizona right now. Yeah. Much like me saying happy birthday to people. You are the Jake of this podcast. Yeah. Do you think that this could I don't be adapted? Like that. I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that at oh, all. I'm not the Jake of this podcast. 
you are the bad boy of podcasting. We've established that over and over again. Do you think this could be adapted? Yeah, totally. I, I, I yeah, yeah, for sure. And would um, you would you have if you if you were making it? Would you have the same actress play young and old Anna? Or would you have two like similar looking? No, I'd have the same actress. Yeah, you could do it. You could do it. And then I would have that last scene be um all like the last the last like twenty pages of the book is her at the amusement park when she's on mushrooms, and like I would have that all with like a uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like a, Darren Aronofsky's in a lot with like a rig hooked up to the actor. Oh yeah, where it, like, their face doesn't move in the frame with the whole thing. Well, I, I but I would put it behind her so that you wouldn't you wouldn't see her face. She would be like hooded, mm-hmm. and you would like and and I would also make it. Well, maybe you couldn't do that, but I would make it so that she was at an actual amusement park so that people were reacting to her well, with the like surgery the, the, bandages and stuff like that. The fairy tale world that she is basically describing is Harry Potter world in Universal. Like, have you been there or no? <sighs> oh, you you, you, you absolutely I, I know I that I have never nerds. gone to fucking Harry Potter world at Universal. You know goddamn well but that like, I've never been there. It's beat for beat the same yeah. thing where, like, I bought the wand because like, she's like, uh-huh. it's it's like an almost – Goth wand. No, I, well, I bought the uh, Hufflepuff uh, wand. Oh, you bought a wand? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, because I'm Hufflepuff. I'm so embarrassed for you right now. <laughs> but she's like, she's like, it's an almost reasonable $52. And when you're there, you're like, ooh, this is not money I should be spending. But like, I'm here. Uh-huh. And the whole like, the way that it describes, like, they just pick a kid from the audience and they like have him like pick a wand and like, oh, it works. And like, it's just like, yeah, that's just like a, a slam dunk sale for that parent. Be like, you're not going to leave this and not buy the wand. Right. So like, it's, it's yeah. whatever. But it's. It felt very real there too. Yeah. So anyway, I would, I would, you know, uh, I, I would try to make it as real as possible with people. Would you cast some little kids reacting to? Would you cast someone who's like twenty or like thirty or like somewhere in between? Like, no, I cast a twenty. I cast like an Instagram influencer. I'd pull someone like right from the, right off the internet, like an Addison Ray. I don't know who that is, but yeah, like a Charlie D'Amelio. That's the, I'm afraid of a monster girl, right? The one that did the song from the soundtrack. What? What? I don't know. What's what's what soundtrack? What song? Like one of the Hotel Transylvania songs. Oh, I don't know. Maybe well, Charlie D'Amelio. She's a singer, right? No. Well, then that's not who I'm talking about. I don't. Then I don't know who. Charlie she D'Amelio is. just won Dancing with the Stars. She is like the most followed person on TikTok. Yeah, I don't know any. This is this is. You gotta like keep up, your, man. Your world is completely different from. You gotta my keep world. up, man. And I'm not even in that world. And I just whatever. Who, I, yeah, who does the song that I'm thinking of? No Google, no Google. That's right. That's gonna do it. Would you have the actress, the Instagram influencer, keep reading? Oh, uh, that's a backdoor. Uh, I don't. I don't like that you tricked that and pulled that at Lottery Pod on Twitter and Patreon. Lottery at Cage Club. If you want to email in, our next book will be "Things Have Gotten Worse Since We Last Spoke" by Eric Larocca. Oh, in wow. between now and then will be the Ali Robottom interview. Prime. Okay. Uh, yeah. T- uh, 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 knocking over a casino with your poker buddies. Cool. I've seen the world, done it all, had my cake now. Diamonds, brilliant, and ballet now. Had summer nights, mid to light, when you and I were forever wild. The crazy days, city lights, the way you'd play